Spartans, Hawkeyes, part two coming up this Saturday. We break down that game. What happened last time and what's going to be different than the last meeting that happened a month ago? And also, what does this mean for seeding purposes just for the NCAA tournament and the Big Ten tournament? Let's go. You are Locked On Spartans, your daily podcast on the Michigan State Spartans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Spartan friends, Spartan family, Locked on Spartans listeners, thank you so much for tuning in to, well, yeah, Locked on Spartans, your team in green and white every single day. Before going any further, this episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook of Locked on. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked on today to get started. Please rate, review, and subscribe as well. You know, I, I know we're only about a minute into the show, but if we've already blown you away here... Smash that subscribe button, please. And uh, if we haven't blown you away yet, well, okay, we got a few more minutes on the clock. Hopefully we can sway you. And, well, let's just get right into the show here. Uh, We got another game coming up this Saturday. And I was just about to say we got another big one coming up, but who are we kidding? Uh, This time of the year, every single game is a big one. And, uh, yeah, let's just get into it. I'm sorry, I'm rolling my eyes already because, hey, for the sixth straight weekend, for the sixth straight weekend. Let me say that again one more time. The sixth straight weekend. Michigan State is playing a road conference game. Thank you, Big Ten, for your service right there. Good God. Um. Anyway, what happened? Definitely not bitter or, or salty about that. No, no, no. That's, that's great. Six straight. Good God. All right. Last time these two teams faced a month ago in January, Michigan State 63-61 to 61 win. It was a beautiful win. Nothing ugly about that. And if you can't hear the sarcasm in my voice, or if you forgot about that game, uh, yeah, it was um, one of the two ugliest wins Michigan State has had this year. It's in between that or their home game against Maryland. I, I'll let you guys debate which was uglier, but hey, at the end of the day, a win's a win. So we like to hear that. Uh, MSU started the game town down 10-0. Five guys scored in double figures, and it was... A battle of who wants to be worse at the free throw line last game. Michigan State shot 58% from the charity stripe. Iowa shot 46% from the charity stripe. But, yeah, that's a little refresher of what happened there before Jaden Akins hit the fadeaway jumper with the shot clock expiring to ice the game for the Spartans. We're not going to talk about Iowa's last possession where they had a wide-open look at three-point land. No, we're going to flip the page right here. Uh, So... Since that meeting, Iowa has played eight games. They are 5-3 and three ever since that night. And <laughs> Iowa just doesn't play exciting games whatsoever. Of those eight games, just one of those games uh, were in single digits. You know, And that's when they beat Illinois by two at home. Every other game they've played since visiting East Lansing has been a double-digit game, whether they've won or lost those games. And, well... That there is a really distinct split between what they do at home versus on the road. They've been one and four since that stretch on the road. Okay, the only win there was against Minnesota, and then three and zero at home. Uh, they have actually not lost a home game since December twenty first. That was against Eastern Illinois, one of the biggest upsets in college basketball this season. Um, so yeah, uh, they've really turned things around at Carver Hawkeye Arena before or ever since that fateful day for for Iowa. Now, uh, just like we do with a lot of these previews, we're going to split it up, what they do good, what they do bad. And honestly, it's classic Iowa basketball. They're really good at scoring. Okay, They, They lead the conference in points per game. On the flip side, they are dead last in 
points given up per game. So it, it's classic Iowa basketball here. And just for another year in a row as well, you may already know this name, but it's Chris Murray. That's right, brother of Keegan Murray, who's doing quite well in the NBA. Uh, Chris Murray himself doing quite well at Iowa, averaging 20 and 8. Uh, last game, kind of kept quiet, uh, 11 points, 8 rebounds. But just like the team, uh, Iowa... Or, I'm sorry, just, just like the team, uh, Chris Murray has a big split between home games and road games when it comes to shooting. He's a 40% three-point shooter at home versus a 28% shooter on the road. Uh, and he is coming off of his worst uh, game of his season, just five points against Wisconsin not too long ago, but since playing Michigan State, four 20-plus point games uh, since playing our Spartans, and I suspect it'll be a lot of the same of what we saw last time these two teams met. Um, Malik Hall, he checked him for most of the game. They gave him a little bit of A.J. Hogard as well, so, you know, it's just another case of other team as a star player. We're going to throw the, the kitchen sink at him, give him some different looks, because Michigan State is blessed enough to have the guys that can give different looks, whether it be okay, Malik Hall, A.J. Hogard, maybe even Tyson Walker gets in the mix as well. We've seen him go up against much bigger players than he is this season, so that won't be a difference coming up. Also, what is going well for Iowa? Philip Rebrasha. hope I'm saying that name right. He's the big man. 16 points, 11 rebounds in the last meeting, and in the last eight games, seven of them have been in double figures. He is having a great fifth-year senior season for Iowa. Um, so, yeah, it's just another big man that we got to keep our eye on. Great. Awesome. And another thing that's going well for Iowa is actually we're going to talk about a Spartan right now, and that's how A.J. Hogard usually plays against Iowa. Uh, if you remember his last game, it, it, it was not pretty from A.J. Hogard. He was 3 of 12 from the floor, 3 turnovers, missed a, a bunny of a layup, missed a game icing free throw at the very end of the game. Luckily, didn't cost MSU a victory, but in A.J. Hogard's four games against Iowa, from the field he is 5 of 25 shooting and 7 turnovers. So, okay, you go at this two ways. Either, um, okay, uh, Iowa just owns this guy, <laughs> um, or if you want to be positive... A.J. Hogard is due for a big performance, and, well, we just saw him come off one Tuesday against Indiana, scoring more than 20 points, having an incredible second half, so maybe that funnels into Saturday's game at Iowa. And, you know, I wrote down, you know, what's something bad that Iowa does. Of course, the defense. God, you could score 100 points against these guys. But I was going to say three-point shooting because they are 33% on the season. That That is beyond 200th best in the nation. However, is it that bad? Because, once again, it's a big difference at home with these guys versus on the road. They are 26% three-point shooters on the road. At home, though, 38%. So, a very respectable clip when they're playing in their home barn. So, if those splits keep continuing, and I think the sample size is large enough, yeah, Iowa can have themselves a field day from beyond the three-point arc. Now, what's been different since the last meeting between these two teams uh, for Iowa? Patrick McCaffrey, he is back. Uh, he took a handful of games off in January, dealing with mental health issues, and then has since come back. He's coming off the bench, um, but really uh, not doing incredible since coming back. Uh, he's, he's been fine. Uh, he averages 10 points on the season so far, but actually in the seven games uh, since he has come back, he's not scored 10 or more points since his return. But again... Maybe this is his breakout game for him. Maybe MSU puts their resources towards uh, stopping Chris Murray, and then that leaves Pat McCaffrey, another tall, physically imposing guy, open, and maybe he can get hot. I, I don't know. So that is the big difference for Iowa 
is that Patrick McCaffrey is back in action. Bench player ever since. Yeah, okay, nothing crazy. But, I mean, throughout his career, we've seen him have some pretty big games. So, hopefully MSU can limit that coming up. Now, for MSU, I got three differences written down in front of me. One is that, well, Pierre Brooks just might be out of the rotation, right? We, we didn't see him play at all against Michigan. Uh, against Indiana, he got in for, what was it, two, three minutes, put up a three, was not close to the rim. Um, so, now, this late in the season, you're starting to see the lineup that MSU is going to take into March, and it's looking like Pierre Brooks might not be there. Uh, he played 12 minutes against Iowa last game, so that's going to be one big difference. Also, Carson Cooper possibly out for this game as well. He missed the Indiana game. He had the boot on his foot, hurt his ankle during practice, and Tom Izzo was uh, a little mum about what to expect as far as return goes for Carson Cooper. Uh, he just played three minutes last game, but it's safe to say that, well, Carson Cooper has also grown throughout the season where you could use that depth inside the paint. And the third thing I've written down that's different from the last meeting is that Kohler played seven minutes, had zero points, zero boards. He was really a non-factor in that game. And I think it's safe to say that he's grown a little bit. I mean, no, he's not putting up you know Kevin Love numbers at UCLA, but he has played well uh, since then. I mean, of course, you could look at Tuesday's game as a shining example of that. So, yeah, there you have it. Um, we're going to talk about what this means for NCAA tournament seeding and Big Ten tournament seeding in a hot segment. But first, need to talk your ear off about FanDuel Sportsbook. Gang, we're talking about the best sportsbook in America. Spice up your Saturday with the gang over at FanDuel. That's, that's how I spice Tuesday up. I've already talked about it many times, and I'm not done talking about it. Had over Jaden Aikens, one and a half three-pointers. We had Joey Hauser, eight rebounds. We also had over 11 and a half points, AJ Hogard points, and then sprinkle some MSU money line on top of that. Oh! Your boy was feeling himself on Tuesday. And you could feel yourself, too, with a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's right. That is in bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win if you are a new customer. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, super easy to you, and you get paid instantly. That's right. Tuesday night, win some moolah. It's great. I withdraw the money, and it's already in the account. Lickety split. Mr. FanDuel isn't leaving you for days at a time wondering when your money is going to come to you. Mm -mm. Nonsense, says FanDuel. They pay you immediately. So, don't miss out on your chance to get your no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, official sports betting partner of the NBA. All right, so uh, th this is uh, this is the time of year where everyone now starts to look at bracketology. Um, sick puppies like myself, we've been looking at bracketology since Thanksgiving, you know, and that is a pointless exercise. But now, it actually makes sense to do this as Michigan State has three regular season games left, maybe four, if they reschedule that Minnesota game. Actually, let's talk about that really quick. Um, there's rumors flying around that Minnesota is trying to move a game around with Rutgers at the end of the season to fit Michigan State on the schedule, and that's a lot of moving parts. I've said time and time again that I would actually be pretty surprised if the postponed Minnesota-Michigan State game does get rescheduled. And while it would make sense you know, for Michigan State, they do have a decent gap between the Nebraska game next week and the Ohio State game next week. They could play in that Thursday. I just don't know how desirable it would be for Rutgers. That's right, because it would be the Minnesota-Rutgers game that has to get moved around. And that would back up Rutgers really close to a game that they have. So, I don't know. Like it, There are talks being had, but 
when it comes to like Big Ten tournament seeding, stuff like that, I, I don't know how much this game will matter. For NCAA tournament seeding, it, it won't matter at all. I, God, Minnesota is like historically bad this season when it comes to net ranking. I, Michigan State might be better off just playing Okemos High School uh, other than Minnesota. A win would do nothing for them. A loss would really hurt, actually. Um, but yeah, so that's where we're at with that game may be being rescheduled, maybe not. So that's that's the latest. Hey, you know what? Full transparency. We're recording late Thursday afternoon. If something happened late Thursday night and I just jinxed it, sorry about that. Uh, but yeah, that's where we stand right now is that the game is not rescheduled yet, but there's something maybe in the works. I don't know. So what is at stake if Michigan State wins or loses this game on Saturday? So uh, let's talk about the seeding. And let's say Michigan State only plays those 19 conference games. Um, after taking a look, at the tiebreaker here, it really isn't even that important that Michigan State gets this Minnesota game on the books because the first tiebreaker is head-to-head -head against any other team that you're tied with. And as we talked about on yesterday's show, I think it's eight teams that have either seven or nine losses. Like, there are so many teams bunched together right now that having just one head-to-head -head tiebreaker doesn't even seem likely, but even when it's more than, you know, two teams, they do go with a kind of a round robin, all right, what was your records against each other? And then the next tiebreaker is, all right, well, what's your record against the highest team? Okay, Purdue, what's your record against them? And then they'll go down. What's your record against Northwestern, Rutgers? And they'll work your way down until there's a tiebreaker. And if you get down far enough, the, the win-loss percentage against Division One opponents is what's going to be the tiebreaker when it comes to seeding. Uh, actually, we didn't see this... Um, happened all too long ago, the, the COVID year Big Ten tournament, where, okay, Michigan didn't play the most games that year, but they still got the one seed based on all the tiebreakers, even though Illinois won more games that season. So I, we're going to be borrowing a lot of tiebreakers from that year, it looks like, when it comes to the Minnesota game, if it doesn't get rescheduled. So with that said, a win puts Michigan State in the driver's seat for a double bye. That's right. Um, being one of those top four seeds that gets you playing on Friday instead of Thursday or, dare I say, even Wednesday. So it's not a Michigan State controls their own destiny thing, though. They, they still can win out and miss out on that double bye. Now, if I was to go through every scenario for that to happen, I, you'd be listening to me until next Tuesday. Like, there's a thousand things that could still happen here. But... It would be most likely if Michigan State wins out that they do get that double buy. Not guaranteed, but most likely. Again, so much has to happen. So that, that's what's at stake for Michigan State on Saturday. Because if they lose on Saturday, it's not impossible. But getting that double buy is very, very, very hard. Uh, they would need a war, just a whirlwind of things to happen. Including like a lot of Michigan wins, uh, so let's just avoid that altogether. Let's just win on Saturday. So, yeah, a win puts MSU kind of in the driver's seat for a double buy, and a loss makes it all but impossible to get that double buy. They still would be slated for Thursday, I believe, and there would be uh, also there is a chaos option too where. MSU ends up playing on Wednesday, but they would have to lose out, and even more chaos around them would have to happen. Let's not even get into that. Uh, for NCAA tournament seeding, what would this mean? This is a quad one win opportunity coming up, and Michigan State already has eight quad one wins, which is remarkable so far this season. So if they could tack on even another one, okay, don't pull my arm. Uh, now, BartTorvik.com. You hear us reference this website all the time. They have this fun little tool where you can plug in. All right, let's say MSU loses on Saturday, beats Nebraska, 
beats Ohio State, wins the first round Big Ten tournament game, but then loses the second one. I say that scenario because, as far as like gambling odds go, that's odds or the most likely scenario to happen. Lose against Iowa, win your last two regular season, win the first Big Ten tournament game, lose the second one. If that sequence happens, if it's all chalk the rest of the season, BartTorvik.com says Michigan State would be a seven seed. Now, let's say MSU wins the first three. Okay, or wins Iowa, Nebraska, Ohio State, and then wins the first Big Ten tournament game and then loses the second, they would be right on the cusp of the seven seed or the six seed. So a win here just doesn't do good things for Big Ten tournament standings, but also it brings Michigan State closer to that six seed line. Again, they would have to win four in a row um, starting on Saturday, or I guess five in a row if you want to count the Indiana game. Um, but hey, you know what? You talked about this on yesterday's show too, about seeding for everything, March Madness, all that good stuff. But someone did a uh, comment because we didn't talk about the scenario if MSU just wins out all the way to the Big Ten Tournament Championship game. And I'm sorry for being a negative Nancy. I didn't even consider that to be an option. But we plugged that into BartTorvik.com. Let's say MSU wins at Carver Hawkeye Arena. Let's say they beat Nebraska, they beat Ohio State, they win their three Big Ten tournament games and they lift the trophy, what seed would Michigan State be according to Bart Torvik? Drumroll, in case you want to guess. A four seed. Bart Torvik says they would get the last four seed, so it would be right on that line of a four seed or a five seed. And let's say MSU you know, gets that tournament title game after winning their last three or four regular season games, but loses in the title game. It would be a five seed. So, yeah, if MSU can go on a run here, uh, a pretty nice seed still waits for them come March. So, there you have it. Uh, hopefully, we didn't confuse anyone along the way there. Um, yeah, because that, that's a lot of numbers flying your way. A lot of scenarios. But, yeah, if you ever want to fiddle around with it, BartTorvik.com. I do it at least three times a day. <laughs> it's, a, it's a really sick obsession. But, hey, that's a, what we are here to do. And right now we're going to get a little more into what happened. That's right, at Spartan Strongathon on Monday with Will Hunter answering all your questions. Um, there's still a lot to get to. We might even drop a little bonus episode tomorrow with the remaining questions. But just because you guys are so awesome and came in with so many questions, you guys gave us a lot of tape out there. So yeah, hey, here's a little snippet of that. Okay, let's go. Uh, this is a football question, Will. This is going to be right in your wheelhouse. This is from Adam. Uh, he writes in, this will teach me to defer to my nine-year-old son, but is there a path for MSU to reach an OSU level of consistent national title, title contender in football, or is that a closed case? This could be a lengthy answer, or wow. it could be a short one, or, or it could just be a quick one. Like, Hon no, honestly, next. <laughs> probably not. Probably not, but okay. Okay, yeah, it's it's like so hard because even Clemson, who's like right, Clemson's new money. Yeah, yeah. Even agree. you've seen with them, like even with a place like Clemson, their gaps form. It's not consistent every single like Ohio State's a machine because it's every single year a top five class. Right. And same with Georgia and Alabama. And that's impossible to get to unless you're like Alabama or Georgia or Ohio State. Those um, guys. You're just yeah. you're gonna pull a class that ranks like 12. And 
half it's just gonna not develop properly and someone's gonna transfer and then someone's gonna get an unexpected injury and then all of a sudden you're like wait our junior class has like a seventh round pick two fifth round picks and a third round pick and then you're gonna win eight games instead of 12 right it just it happens to everyone so probably not in terms of like a realistic path to be that but that's not to say michigan state doesn't have the capabilities resources to um, be similar to Clemson in being a top eight to 10 program and you're recruiting really well. And, Oh, look, you signed the number four class in the country. That's great. And then the next year you sign the number 11 class and you win 11 games. And then one year it just all adds up and you got a couple transcendent guys and you're in the playoff and Oh my God, you're in the national championship game and you're really great. Right. That I think is with it. That's the more like if you want to talk about winning a national championship at Michigan State, it's more that it's sort of being consistently excellent, not the elite tier one notch below that. And then just having it all come together uh, like once every seven years where you're like, oh, instead of being 10 and two and really good, we are undefeated. We went to Ohio State and beat them by seven. Like, oh, my God, this team is actually has three first round picks. This team has 12 pros and that are top 150 NFL prospects, right? That is a much more obtainable thing than like year in, year out, you're going into the last game of the season, like playing for a spot in the playoff. I don't think that's a realistic possibility. Or, or do the TCU route. um, Just pray that you play five teams with their backup quarterbacks. Um, You play in in a, not a, watered down is mean to say the, the pack big 12 is fine uh, i guess but like it's tough doing that when you're in the big 10 east uh to have that string of luck but and then well when you get to the actual stage don't play georgia uh, it's that simple but i it, it is i brought this up a few weeks ago when we had a similar conversation of this but man recruiting is not the end-all be-all of everything in college football but it's a great indicator um michigan it state we feel good about this recruiting class, right? Well, nine, four stars like that is a historic class for Michigan state. Okay. Alabama had nine, five stars in this class. Well, (laughs) nine, five stars in this class, eight, 18, four stars, Uh, Georgia, five, five stars. So 17, four stars. Like it, like the, not, not only are what you've seen on the field, like the eye test of what you see in the college football playoff and the national title game, the sec championship game. Not, not just that, because it does seem like a different sport than what MSU plays sometimes. Yeah, but that, then you're in the yeah. offseason. All right, how do we get there? Oh, this is how we get there. Oh my God, they're already a hundred more miles down the road than we are. So it's just, it, yeah. it's almost helpless. But hey, TCU did it. Almost kind of. They got there at least. They were at the party. They got bounced out immediately, but they were at the party. They they heard at least two songs from the DJ before they got kicked out. And remember, this is like this era that we're in of college football whatever you want to call it, transfer era, NIL era, it's pretty different from even 15 years ago, right? I mean, like, recruiting oh, sure. oh, certainly yeah. matter, oh, yeah. but, like, it was the – we were just, like, maybe we're coming out of it. We'll see. This is the caveat I want to get. We're in an era right now where the top talent, the very top recruiting talent is consolidated to four or five schools. In six years, when NIL is actually, hi dear, that's my hello, my wife. Um, when NIL is actually on a solid foundation, we all know what the rules are 
and Miami's been uh, put on probation seven times, right? Maybe sure. there's a path where it's like, oh, okay, the top 50 recruits, they're now all spread out to 20 schools instead of seven schools, right? Mm-hmm. Maybe that could happen, and it sort of flattens and levels out the playing field because, again, it wasn't this 16 years ago. It was a bit more balanced. You remember 2008? Remember that season? USF was number two, Boston College, or maybe it was 07. Like, it was just, it was a bit of a random year, but like that would never happen now. Mm -hmm. That could never happen now where 19 teams are ranked number two or number one at a certain point. How's Florida hanging out at number two? You you don't don't foresee that happening in the near future? No, shoot. No, (laughs) that's a shame. Darn. Um, with that said, though, hey, uh, emotional DJ writes in a question that funnels right into this. With all that said, Will, okay, you ready for this? What year will MSU football win their next national championship? Say 2024. Say it, you coward. Say it, you coward. Come on, let's go. Give us a headline, Will. Uh, that's a um, long pause. <laughs> that's, that's a deep sigh and a long pause. I've actually laid this out to someone before because we were okay. having like a discussion like, about this sort of stuff. Yeah. And I was like, all right, here is the teeny tiny teeny path to Michigan State winning a national championship. And this is 22, 23, in 2024. This is it's like a point zero zero one percent chance. He's gonna he's he's gonna do it. Hold on, let's let's do this again. This is the path. No, come back, come back. I don't I'm like, it. I don't like right. it. Okay, okay. This is the path. It is revolving around, and we have no idea if this is going to even be the case or if he can even play football. That's a good start. That's a good start. Okay. Mm -hmm. All right. It's going to revolve around, it's going to require Caden Hauser being some form of a Deshaun Watson type quarterback. Okay. Okay. Specifically because he, like Clemson was really good and had a bunch of really good players but he was a transcendent talent that like just took them over the top. Mm-hmm. And in recent memory, like Vince Young is another good example of that, like really great team. And he was just transcendent. That'll happen occasionally where Cam Newton is the other one. I was like, there's another one that I'm not oh, sure. Cam Newton. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That can happen where you have a really good team that is, you know, with above average quarterback plays an 11 and two, type team like really good uh but instead of an average quarterback they've got a special special talent who is not just like like trevor lawrence is a special talent but trevor lawrence on michigan state last year it's like they're a really good team but they're not winning the title cam newton vince young the way they played like they just elevated everything and were an unstoppable force so it would require him to be that level of player Mm-hmm. which is a huge ask. No, it's easy. No, 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 come on. And I <laughs> I, I think Caden, his high school film was great. He was the, there was only two quarterbacks in the class that I would have taken over him. Okay. It's, and this is not revisionist history. You can find the, the text that I sent you. That is not to you. In the DMs, Cade Klubnik and Drew Aller were the only two guys. And then it was, it was Caden. Those guys are good. Those guys are really good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Trevor says he accepts he has to get past the transcendent Noah Kim, who might be better. <laughs> we have no idea. Hey, no, yeah, Nobody's, let's go. Yeah. Yep. 
I'm just right. I'm using, yeah. okay. If Noah Kim is one of those guys, great. I'm just using I, Hauser because he was highly touted and he's a love great that Trevor. Player. Let's go. That's so in Kim theory. Is, Kim is him. Kim is. Let's him. say let's he is. He's that right, and he wins the job starting as a redshirt freshman mm-hmm. in Michigan State. Goes nine and three this year, ten and two, like just wins three more games than anyone thinks they're supposed to. Okay. With that, then <laughs> with that. The recruiting class that they're currently building with the 24s, which is good. I would say so. Yeah. Yeah. Is it 24s? What recruiting class are we in? Yeah, that'd be 24s. That that would see that season. Yeah. Yeah. 22. Okay. Yep. Okay. Anyway. Say it with conviction. Say it with conviction. Say it with your chest. Come on. So, with that, uh, the recruiting momentum that's going on with the 24s continues and they end up signing Nick Stone and, and all these guys, right? And end up with, let's call it the number nine class in the country. Number eight Mm -hmm. or nine class in the country. Which I think is too lofty. I think they end up somewhere around 15. But let's say they they sign a top 10 class. The year after that, they've now stacked three. Like each recruiting class has gotten better. So the 22s, 23s, and 24s, you're looking at a pretty decent core. Like a core that is a pretty good team. Uh, a group of six bowl game or New Year's six bowl game team, right? And you add on to that now a second year starting quarterback in Caden Hauser, who in theory is like this transcendent talent. You're like, holy crap, this is a fringe college football playoff team, right? Again, small, tiny path. Then this is what it would be for me. Big, big path. <laughs> big path. Big old so, path. <laughs> you've now stacked together back to back, like double digit win seasons. You won a New Year's Six game. You're in the playoff type thing. You're not quite there, but you're riding this really good quarterback who's now, instead of going to be a top 10 pick, decided he wants to come back to Michigan State for his fourth year as a redshirt junior with another recruiting class in the fold that's going to be, you know, after these back-to-back seasons, getting the playoff. If Mel Tucker makes a playoff at Michigan State, he's going to sign, like, the number five class in the country. Oh. It's it's it's. Canon. I would. That will I yeah. feel like you will. So we've yeah. stacked together like the twenty second best class, seventeenth, the ninth, and now we've got the fourth best class. Those are the four classes compromising right now, with a bunch of experienced guys who went to the playoff last year weren't quite good enough, and a quarterback who is a transcendent talent who's going to be the first overall pick in the next year's draft. That is like the quickest path you can get to a national championship. Tiniest, tiniest, like so minuscule path. But that would be the quickest path. It's just he's great. They keep winning, and they keep signing awesome recruits. 